Okay, I'm recording. Go ahead. This week, we discussed Marcus Cousins' performance in his debut, how Beal is the most coveted trade target in the league, and our thoughts on the new Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Nerds in Basketball. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. See ya, folks. Sorry. Um, I'm your host, CJ DJ, and this is Post Charmone over there. Oh my gosh, oh my I got us confused. Oh no, yes. I'm sorry, people. I'm, I've I'm... become CJ DJ. I have. <laughs> okay. Yes. I'm DJ CJ. No, I'm uh, no, I'm DJ CJ. No, this he's man, DJ he stole CJ. my identity. He stole my identity. No, I didn't. I did not steal your identity. Your identity, I am the true goat. Your identity stole you. Oh gosh, man, that that's so deep. That is so deep. It's too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Okay. Wow, that conversation was not deep. Um, okay, well, how are you doing, buddy? Um, besides me stealing your um, identity, how's how's your week going? How's man? I'm just, I'm just like uh, honestly, I'm I'm so good. Like, <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, no, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, it's good to hear. <laughs> like you know, I probably sound really high right now. I'm gonna sound like Elon you Musk. Cu- Elon Musk, I, <laughs> yep, yep. No, but for real, like I, I think I've, I've hit that plateau where I'm, I'm just exhausted to the point where like I'm okay that I'm exhausted. You know what? Yes. After this recording, I'm probably gonna stop the recording, mm-hmm. tell you good night, and then pass out on, on my desk. I, you know, Fair I'm enough, gonna wake man. up in the morning. I'm gonna feel so refreshed. <laughs> so, how about you? How, how have you been? We have sleepy CJ today. Um, just for just for info, CJ had a heck of a day, nine to nine. Um, the fact that he's doing this recording is just—it's pretty. It's pretty goat to be honest. It's pretty graceful time right here. Yeah, no, no, no. So thankful about this man. No. Um, but yeah, yeah, we're here to give you the episode. Uh, otherwise, for me, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, twenty nineteen is still rolling. Still rolling pretty well, in my opinion. Um, glad to see. Hope, hopefully, uh, you know things keep going my way. But you know what, twenty nineteen, it's a good way to start the year, and um, let's keep it rolling. You know, let's keep this energy going. For sure. You know, you get in a good mood, and you know it's a thing too. Have you ever heard about this? When like, like you kind of have like a nice little run, and like you have like a good time. Um, but then uh, I, I there's like a psychological term for it where you have a fear that oh no something's terrible gonna happen basically because like you know things have been going really smoothly things like that too like oh gosh something's bad gonna happen right yeah. and, and you, you ever get that feeling oh yeah like you you, you you like you know like when you're in the it's the same it's it's the same this, uh the other way around like when you're in the casino you're like ah oh, my luck's gonna budge eventually mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah fair enough enough but um one thing that looks like it is not going to get worse anytime soon is this warriors franchise just you like wow. that transition by the way did That's you like that transition i love that, that we need i was we need hashtag we need more segues man man we need more segues wait are we talking about like we need actual segues though to be honest oh, yeah. we really do yeah. even though like it is absolutely snowed out and no segue would be able to traverse this winter wasteland we call canada oh, yeah. um but yeah it was awful how, how much snow did you get in 
saga i got we got like 30 40 here uh about the same uh 30 <laughs> centimeters yes yeah about the same yeah about 20 maybe maybe be less by like by 10 centimeters maybe the 30 like is the max yeah. yeah, it was a ruler. It was, it was, it was off, man. It, it was off. Yeah, bro. it was just every day I'm shuffling. Every day I'm shuffling. Oh, oh man. Oh man. Okay, let's get. Oh man, you like that? You like that reference to a song from grade eight? Yeah. Um, <laughs> grade seven, grade eight. Yeah. Great. Oh man. Yeah, and like, oh, that song would play during like awkward high school dances, and it'd be like, oh yeah, let's let's do this, right? Oh man. Oh. Man. Can, I, can I just give you a quick insight in my height in my grade eight years in my grade seven years? All those awkward dances were not awkward to me. You know why? Because you're smooth as like nah, smooth as nah, AF. Nah, nah, no, no. <laughs> why? Why? Because. Like you know how there was that whole split between the girls and the guys, and then like, oh, uh, that girl's gonna come out of the girl section, the guy's gonna come out of the guy section, and they're gonna dance together. Oh yeah. Right? I've always been that guy where it's like, I don't care, I'm dancing in the middle. <laughs> Dang. I search none. <laughs> I'm just gonna <laughs> dance, and I'm that I'm that chubby fat kid who's just like, yeah. What are we? What song are we playing? Oh, we're playing a slow song. <laughs> I don't care. I'm gonna dance. I'm just oh, waiting. I'm see? just waiting for the chicken dance. That's what's up. Oh my gosh! The da- Yo, the chicken dance is where it's at. Let me tell you. Yeah. It is honestly, honestly. Sickle no, man, got uh, nothing on the chicken. Sickle. <laughs> chicken. <laughs> oh, he's trying to dance. Oh no, he's getting up. He's trying to dance. Uh, <laughs> So you were that cool kid. You were that cool kid in elementary no, school. No, I was no, the I annoying know. kid. I don't know if that's cool. But... I was an annoying kid too. Don't worry. I was the annoying kid. All the way up to high school, I was the annoying kid. <laughs> I was so annoying. Dude, I I, I'm even annoying now, to be honest. But only with people like, you know, I'm annoying that case where I'm like, hey, if I'm annoying you, it means I care about you. And you're like, you know, you know what I mean? So I guess you don't care about me. I hate you. Okay. They're happy. Yeah, oh God. <laughs> okay. Let let us get into this Demarcus Cousins thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. So, um, for people that don't know, which is basically no one, um, Demarcus Cousins came back. Um, as we're recording, he's played two games. Um, first game, came back at fourteen points, six rebounds in fifteen minutes. Uh, that was on minute cap. He fouled out in the fourth quarter. Pretty much classic boogie right there. Uh, in his second game, which I didn't catch, I watched the first game. Uh, second game, uh, he went low shooting percentage. It was around eight points, um, about seven rebounds, and five assists. So again, showing some that versatility. Um, but he played 21 minutes this time and didn't get fouled out. Um, but again, between game one and game two, his uh, his minutes moved up by five, which is very interesting to see. He's feeling comfortable. Um, but yeah. Let's just talk about what we saw from the court. You saw some highlights, right? So tell me about what you saw in the highlights. What do you think about this, Demarcus? Man, it was. It was a so so. For I'd like I like to to take the time right now. Like I'm always gonna be happy to hear an all star player play his game and beat and come back. <laughs> Right, coming yeah, out of support. Uh, He's a great player. Uh, yeah, great like, player. Com- coming out of coming back from an injury, right, and mm-hmm. 
Mind you, this is a guy who has, I think, a condition that is career-ending in some ways. I think it's it is his Achilles or something. It is his Achilles. It's a major, major injury. It's basically what it's what finished Kobe off. Basically, there you go. So, um, such he's such a young guy. He's such a powerful Mm -hmm. player. Mm -hmm. Um, devastating, especially if he's in his bag. Exactly. Uh, his his comeback. You know, it's it's so it's so it's poetic the fact that he was able to fall out. Um, but watching that highlight, watching him play again, man, it's scary. It's mm-hmm. really scary because I want mm-hmm. you to look at the first game when he came back, three for four shooting. Exactly told, from wait, three. From exactly, I told my dad. I told my dad. I told him like three for four shooting. That he went three for four shooting. And he's like, oh yeah, that's not bad. But he only got like. What six points? I'm like, no, he got nine from that. I'm like, what do you mean? He shot from the three point line, Dad. <laughs> and my dad was just, oh, okay. And the second <laughs> game that he's back, they were able to put off Curry, Draymond, Boogie, and mm-hmm. KD mm-hmm. under and... like twenty points, I think. Yep, and you know, and you're missing a player when, there, yeah. CJ. Sorry. Yeah. I was about to, I was like leaning into it. Like, yeah, you're missing a player there. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's Thompson it. Thompson went for 50. Oh, man. What can you do about that? I, I, I hate to interject quickly, but I always feel Please. when it comes to the Warriors, there's like the Clay Thompson die. And essentially, it's like a one in like 10 chance where basically Clay Thompson goes like God mode, I would say. Yeah. And you just don't, you just lose basically. Like, you're not going to win just because yeah. Clay Thompson is not missing anything. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. He's 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 that kind of a player. It's it's yeah. it's terrifying because he's he's excitingly unpredictable. Yes. You know, like I, I think that those are those two perfect words are those mm-hmm. two words are perfect to describe him. He's he's a great player. He's mm-hmm. you know, he if he goes average 25 30 points, great. But give him if you give him more than enough space and if he feels so good maybe he ate something or maybe he yeah. he read a book that day or something like that mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe he drank the Kool-Aid or maybe he drank Michael Jordan's water from Space Jam um I don't know man like all I'm saying is that Thompson is excitingly unpredictable so we'll see we'll see what uh, what 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 would scare me is that if all if that five, that well, we'll call them the Fab Five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that five, that starting lineup is a gun show because Oof. if they can all just score what thirty points each, mm-hmm. which we know they can, that's hundred fifty points mm-hmm. in one game. This is okay, not uncommon. Maybe except Draymond. Except Draymond, maybe. Okay, maybe except for Draymond. No, but even even so, Draymond's capable of getting thirty. He is capable, yeah. Right, so. But go on. Yeah, that's it, man. It's just, it's a scary sight to see. Um, of course. Um, what I find interesting is that it's, it's going to be a challenge for the Raptors, but I feel like mm-hmm. they have something that, that the Raptors just have a lot more going for them right now. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I'm only hoping for the best as a Raptors yeah. fan. How about yeah. you? What are your thoughts? So my opinion, I watched the game. Um, because I was very, I was very invested. I wanted to see how this Boogie Cousins thing, um, kind of you know came up. Um, what I saw, 
again, 14 points in 15 minutes. That's very impressive. Uh, what I noticed, though, and this is a smart thing that the Warriors did. Um, they basically treated um, DeMarcus Cousins as basically your player playing basketball with your younger brother and you want to make sure he gets touches and then you know he could score uh, the difference is that your little brother is demarcus cousins right so every opportunity he was on court they gave him the ball basically right um mm-hmm. just to get him more comfortable get more involved into you know the offense and you know what it paid off it paid off pretty well um he looked confident and he seemed very happy too he seemed very energetic he seemed in the game and you know he loved he loves this game and, you know, he seemed to really um, he cherished being back in this after being almost a year off. Um, in terms of his actual physical performance, um, again, three for four from three. That's just that's the danger with DeMarcus Cousins. Passing was very good, too. Um, but here's the thing. He, you know, obviously don't play the game for a while. He looked a little wooden in terms of move, um, a little stiff. And you know what? That's probably just natural. That is just natural. You know, it's such a major injury. He looked a bit stiff. His conditioning needs some work. That's my opinion. Um, And a lot of teams have been using him as a weak spot for the Warriors um, so far. So Mm -hmm. attacking him, um, getting him to get like a lot of early fouls, which will be an issue that will need to be worked on. And essentially attacking through him. Um, but the two games that he's been on there, it's been fairly good. Warrior blowouts, they've been fine. Um, you know what? It was, it was, it in terms of coming off from his injury, you tell me a guy tours Achilles and he comes back and drops 14 points in 15 minutes. I don't think that's terrible. And you know what? You know what his first score was? He did a slam dunk. And I'm sure that felt good for him. That felt really, really good. Um, yeah, but in terms of what he brings to this Warriors team, it's kind of terrifying because Demarcus Cousins is not your standard center. Um, he's 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 kind of built like it, and that's how he kind of played his early career. You know, that big guy in the middle. You know, getting those uh, playing that post game. Um, but he's involved. He's evolved quite nicely. He's a three point threat. He is a three point threat. He will make you know two threes a game, which is you know that's a Warriors staple almost. Um, but here's the thing: he's also great pass he is so versatile in this passing game and you know how huge that is for this warriors team that you have a center that can pass the ball mm-hmm. compared to who they were using before um what were their names um looney looney was in center right stuff like that too um but the fact that he can pass and pass it you know to anyone that's open or find and read the play that's terrifying because the people he will be passing it to will be able to score and okay and I had this thought too, and just like how how much this improves. First off, Demarcus Cousins he adds that physicality in the center um, when he's conditioned fully. Um, be prepared. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but he he adds physicality that the Warriors were missing in the center position. But here's I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you about this. Imagine uh, um, Steph Curry coming up to the court and they run the pick and roll with Draymond Green. Okay, so they run the uh, pick and roll. So Draymond, you know, he sets the pick. Um, Steph Curry rolls, and Steph Curry has a choice. He can take the shot, or he can literally pass it to anyone else, um, you know, besides Draymond Green, because Draymond's probably the worst three-point shooter on that lineup right now. Mm-hmm. And he'll he has a decent chance of getting a three, or someone to run into the middle and get the easy layup, or, you know, a dunk or something like that, too. Mm-hmm. Before, it'd be a little bit trickier, because Draymond Green wasn't as reliable. Um, and you... You would have that center who wouldn't be able to shoot that. Through. But now you have DeMarcus Cousins, who is a massive guy, a huge guy, 
good defensively and who can also get that three. So it's offensively, it's even more supercharged. Um, and defensively, they're just better. I'm sorry, they're just better because they didn't lose anything. They still have those guys on the bench if they need to put in some fresh legs. Um, but offensively, they just got better and defense better. Like this is the fact that they were able to get him for that one-year contract. It, it's just terrifying just to see what's going to happen with this team. Um, I I know what you said about the Raptors. Um, and this is going into what you kind of want to say later. Um, but I do want to say this. I like in no way do I feel that the addition of Demarcus Cousins will make this more of a manageable thing for the Raptors to work with. I think this just made things so much tougher. Um, for now, he's a weak spot that you can attack because like his conditioning's not there. But by playoff time, I think he's just going to feel a lot more custom. They're going to be resting. It's going to be a very dangerous time, in my hmm. opinion. Very dangerous. For sure. I never said. That it's gonna make it easier for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. just saying that they do that. The Raptors have something right now that mm-hmm. the Warriors don't have, and that's momentum. For one, that's mo- or sorry, for one, that's momentum, right? But the key mm-hmm. one would be that um, the Raptors tend to be more uh, bottom heavy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and by bottom heavy, I mean they have a very good post game. You look at you look at Valanciunas. You look at mm. when Valanciunas comes back, which I hope he, I know he will be back before post um, the postseason. Um, Ibaka, which is just a great defensive threat, man. Uh-huh. And honestly, like he's so much more athletic than than Demarcus. Uh, Ibaka. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Of so course. The, yeah. Like he's he's not a threat behind the three, right? He's what maybe thirty percent. 40% behind the three-point line, but... Which isn't co- terrible. Yeah, but my point being is that you he's a, he's, he's a, he's a catch-and-shoot guy. I like I like his spots. Like, mm-hmm. I'd rather go for an easy, clean two than having to call on... A, having to rely on a three that may or may not go in, right? Uh, I'd rather, I agree. You know what I mean? And like I said, Ibaka knows his defense, man. He, he controls the paint. He controls so mm-hmm. much... So much space on the paint. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he is the reason why the Raptors are one of the more defensively efficient teams in the East. They're not mm-hmm. the best, clearly, no. but uh, I mean, they're if they were the best, they wouldn't let like twenty points slip their hand slip from them, like in exactly. the fourth quarter. So yeah, that's one that's one thing. But in comparison to the Warriors, which the Warriors are still actually like. Thompson and Draymond are just great defensive threats. You put in there, you put Iguodala there, and uh, you're set. Like honestly, mm-hmm. if you needed to play, if you needed to play a couple of minutes where Curse, like okay, we need to play defense for the next five seven minutes just to throw them off the rhythm. That way, after that play, after that set, we'll play aggressive offense to take the lead. Yeah, that's that's a viable option for them to have. Uh, of course, a small ball team with. Uh, Igadala, Thompson, and Draymond on the court, right? And then, yep. um, come offensive time, you put in Curry, you put in Draymond, or sorry, you put in Curry, you put in Durant, um, and you put in Boogie for uh, moral support. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> so, uh, like, it's it's just it's gonna be a fun June, and I genuinely think like you you can put, I, 
I don't know how much money I'm, I'll put on this, but I genuinely think it's going to be the Raptors and the Warriors on the, in the finals. Like there's um, no, there's no comp. Like honestly, man, like I'm looking at the East. There, there's competition, but it's it's so it's so it's just it is mm-hmm. what it is, man. And the Warriors now that they have this, yeah, competition in the West is stiffer than ever but at the same time there's so much to lose for the warriors yes yeah um i i you know i I see what you mean um what you you listing out that lineup that they could do uh for example like the whole draymond uh clay iggy those are that's kind of like the heart of their death lineup as they call um but yeah just uh it's a it's real terrifying thing um i see what you mean actually about the raptors being they are my opinion the favorite to go to the finals which is going to be crazy a crazy time um because that that, even against the warriors it'd still be such a big achievement for a franchise right um and you know what helps with that too uh the boston celtics um they have not been as solid as i expected them to be there are cracks, and and as much as we talked, the cracks just appear to be that a lot of the teams doesn't really have a, an identity. Um, it seems like they're kind of lost because there's so many different options, and players just haven't had the chance to develop. Gordon Hayward doesn't look like himself. That's a thing. Um, and you know that's a good thing for the Raptors, obviously. Um, even more than the Bucks, I will say. I generally feel that the Philadelphia 76ers can be a huge threat for these Raptors. And my only one reason, the one reason why I say because Jimmy Butler has been there for about 22 games, I believe. Th- 33, sorry, 30-ish games, basically. And here's, so far, he has not fit himself completely into this offense. He is not. That is a fact. Doesn't change the fact that within that time span... Uh, Philadelphia is essentially one, uh, I think about 22 and 10. They're doing pretty good uh, compared to kind of their mediocre start. And I feel, I feel as soon as Jimmy Butler is able to find some rhythm in this offense and get his fit, this Philly team is going to be fairly terrible. Oh, 100%. That, that's for sure. Like I, but they're still not a threat to the, to the Raptors. You don't feel, who, who do you feel would be the biggest threat in the Raptors? The Bucks, the Bucks. Yeah. Okay. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Like I know the Celtics is still is still a uh, like you can't you can't doubt them. You can't yeah. tell. Quote, there's quote. there's too much talent there, man. They need to they need to either cut or simplify. Simplify. Not even simplify. Like the way I would I would see it if I were if I were in Brad Stevens's seat would would be just run a just run two squads. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why you ha- like. Like seriously, just run two squads. Get get a very similar and very like your you got your starting five. Mm-hmm. Make them do damage. I'm looking at this from like a Raptors like from the Raptors because Nick Nurse has an amazing offensive mind when it comes to switching out his teams. Because if you look if look look at it look uh, if you look at it, man, the, the Raptors have never played the same five for the past this past season. So variable, so so so, so varying, right? Like there's only yeah. a handful of players that are are there um, as a staple, right? I think Siakam is the only one who's only played. Um, oh no, Shakam and um, Siakam and uh, Green, they're the only two players 
on the Raptors that have played, um, I think there's been 47 games, so or no, 48 games as of tonight. That they yeah. started 47 games, and or for Shakam, he started 47 out of 48. Mm-hmm. And then Green also did the same. So yeah, they're the only two staple players there. Like Lowry's almost always out because of back of his back, and Leonard's already on a three days three day rest. Which is kind of concerning, actually. I'm I'm kind of concerned why he's taking a three day. It's, it's got me concerned that that there's some maybe potential attitude thing. I do not know. Um, I that's do. thing to. What do you think? I don't think so. It's just man. There's just too many. There's just too many variables to it. I'd rather not think about it too much. Okay. I genuinely think that it's just because he's injured. Like he's or not injured. He's not a hundred percent yet. And judging from what what we got, five months until. Actually, not even five months. The playoffs are, are around the corner, man. We forget that we're more than ha- we're about halfway through the season. We are more than halfway because even though they call the All Star, because you, because even though you say like the All Star break, because you said forty eight games, right? Um, oh, halfway yeah, would be forty one, yeah. Um, because like here's the thing: the All Star break, as they kind of consider it as like oh the midway break, it's honestly more of a three quarters break yeah, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because after that, yeah. after honestly, after the All Star, everything kind of. Not necessarily yeah. dips, but like you're just you're just like, can we just get to the playoffs now? <laughs> yeah, because like things like you know we had fun with the All Star game, but this it's it was always, it's such a critical time after the game because a lot of people compare pre and post All Star games. A lot of teams find their bag and start going off after All Star yeah. game, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, or yeah. some teams just completely fall off yeah. the earth. Um, like the 2014 Pacers, which was disappointing. Um, I oh mean, I love that team. Um, but yeah. Uh, going on what you're saying, yeah. So Raptors are very variable. Um, you know what? I I love how um, that core too. The, the core knows each other. They're so used to each other mm-hmm. that I was looking at like how they dismantled Sacramento today. Um, they played very well, and I was looking at like the type of players that they're playing with. Like this is using a lineup of Kyle Lowry, who has not shot the ball well at all. Um, you have Sergey Ibaka, um, who's nice, sure. Um, Danny Green, Siakam, who's just really coming to his own, but it's it's not like a super. And Fred Van Fleet had a great game too. It's just not like the superstar lineup you see, right? It's just a solid, solid team that knows each other and knows offense. It's great. It's just very great. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, that's yeah, that's. But back back to what I was. I just realized I never go go for it. The Celtics just need to find their first five and their second five. That's Mm. it. Honestly, like the typical subs are usually what you you you, t- you play your five and then you maybe sub out three. No, mm-hmm. pull on a full squad. Take the first your starting five, take them off the court, and then put in a fresh five. You know how insane yeah. that like what? That's that's clever. That's genius. It, you know what? You know what they? You know what? I'm I'm telling you this. They they probably tried experimenting with that. This Celtics, they've they've experimented. So much with this lineup, oh, yeah. trying to get oh, people sure. minutes. Try, oh, sure. try getting, try getting Jalen Brown involved. God, Jalen Brown, what, what happened, right? What happened to Jalen Brown? Um, even Jason Tatum, T- Tatum, like he, he is not developing as much because there's like so much, there's so much people on this team, right? And it's just not giving the opportunity. And, you know, that's why I kind of feel like I said simplify. I see what you say about that 5-5 five and because five, that sounds like a fun thing to do, too. Um, honestly, I think the Celtics will be fine. They should be. 
But honestly, like if you simplify, trade off some of your assets and bring Anthony Davis in, what can be said, man? What can be said? You, because Al Horford is an excellent defensive player, and you're putting him right next to Anthony Davis. That no one's getting through that paint, man. No one's going to get through that paint. Um, that it's going to be like a brick wall down there, absolute brick wall. I don't know. I do not know. Um, in that case, though, I, you you had a very interesting post on our Instagram page. Um, where you're kind of discussing the position in the center. Um, and you were pointing to Lamarcus Aldridge, who's very old school, right? The guy has not. He he does not take threes. Um, he tried to uh, before, and he, they just took that out of his game because he wasn't consistent. Um, and you know what? He's he's actually been showing off really well. He's shooting around the post, doing his mid range game, and you know what? He's he's shooting efficiently. He's making those shots, and that's why it's so critical. If you're going to make those mid range shots, it's so important that you shoot them at a good level, basically, or else you're kind of missing out on your. Th- mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I I saw that like I appreciated it. Um, but it kind of made me think, just sort of. You know, the traditional center and like the new center, the stretch where you have, you know, Joel and B who's shooting these threes. And it made me think, I, it seems that you're very old school in the sense and that you kind of prefer that traditional center. And you, you think in the end, the traditional center is just better mm-hmm. in that idea. Um, so just to give everybody a little bit of a context, I grew up fairly short. I'd say maybe five two five three um and then i had this insane growth spurt that made me above average height for a filipino filipino <laughs> no nah, for real like filipino so you're basically sorry. five four yeah <laughs> hey hey okay. hold the phone yeah an average filipino is about five four five five or no five 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 like if, if they're if they're really tall they're probably around like six one and that's really yeah. tall that's really, really no. I uh, my um, uh, sorry. This is I'll I'll get back to your story, but like I just want to inject um, Please. one of my good friends that grew up in my neighborhood. He's yeah. Filipino, right? And he would invite me to um, family reunions that would be held at his house, yeah. and I would come in. You know, I'd be sampling the Filipino culture stuff like that. You know, saying hello to everyone, yeah. and everyone just say like, I- "I'm not going to do the Filipino accent. I am not because it's so terrible." Uh, but um. You're like, like wow you're so tall and everyone and i'm like oh okay yeah i'm tall but like i'm not massively tall right and i'm like looking down oh my god why is everyone so short (laughs) (laughs) why are the guys all the same girls basically that's what i feel no no yeah that's that's so true that's why that's why like i'm like me being five nine like i'm significantly taller than than most yeah filipino men yeah. All right, so um, that's the context. I've always, ever since I got that growth spurt, I've always played in like when I play with my Filipino friends, I've always played a power forward or centered position. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Plus the fact that I was like two hundred something odd pounds, and I can basically like sit on you and dunk at the same time. <laughs> so <laughs> no, I wouldn't be able to dunk. Right? My knees were terrible. But yeah. anyway. So I that's why I have such a, a an insane appreciation for the position because like bro, I grew up getting the rebound and grabbing like taking the ball and jumping, hitting it off the board and getting the ball in. That mm-hmm. has been my game for such a long time. And only now that I've 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 learned how beautiful that game is because 
the paint is not only one of the easy not only is it the easiest place place to make a point to make a buck mm-hmm. but it's also the most difficult to play it like as as an as an offensive player and as a defensive player it's the most difficult position because you're doing mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. think about it you're playing de- you have to play defense right but you're also doing rebounds and you're blocking mm-hmm. right if you were, if you, if if we were to argue all of this, you're you probably say, yeah, well, you do every, you you probably you're doing the same all throughout the court. Well, okay, yeah. maybe rebounding is not the same unless it really hits off the the rim and and catches it off off guard and it just completely flies out. All mm-hmm. right, blocking might be something, but come on, it's rare for you to to block a jump shot. Let's be honest mm-hmm. here. So mm-hmm. blocking, rebounding, like so, defending, right? Taking a hit, taking a charge, everything that all that happens in the paint, and someone who plays center power forward takes that responsibility, right? So seeing Aldridge play his game and be so, man, it's just it's it's an amazing thing to watch because he's so naturally good at it. He's built for it. He's what six six ten, right? And there there are taller players like I can I can yeah. I can think of Boban Bogdanovic. Bogdanovich, who's, like, in my humblest opinion, a terrible center, but <laughs> he's a tall ass guy. He's hard You're to tall play. Tall ass guy. But, yeah, but like he his his height doesn't really transition well with his game. So, mm. like, I, I personally think that centers are made in the bedroom. By that I mean they're born to be a center. Um, yeah. So. Um, Bobin is not one of them. Mm. All, all respect to him, but otherwise, um, I watch. I also watched, like we talked about this earlier, about Cousins and how he shot three for four from three, three for four from the three point mm-hmm. line. That's insane, and gives Golden State some good leverage. Yeah, we have to remember that the cent- that the center doesn't do threes. Like they shouldn't be doing threes. I understand mm-hmm. positionless basketball has been a myth to everyone in the league mm-hmm. but we have to remember also that Jordan played almost a very similar style of Jordan of uh, positionless basketball where he played two guard and point guard mind mm. you he was also an amazing rebounder and one mm. p- defensive player of the year so yeah he kind of he didn't really start it but he was that kind of oh if I if I want to be great I need to be so versatile in my style and then mm-hmm. LeBron came around and he decided, well, no, I'm not going to play point or power forward or shooting guard. I'm just going to play LeBron. It's a position all on its own. Basically. <laughs> Honestly. Like, I'm surprised LeBron hasn't won a defensive player of the year. I know he doesn't play, like, the hardest he, defense, but the man no. knows how to defend. He, he knows how to defend when he needs to. Um, but as I've noticed watching him play, uh, he's he's focused on his offensive playmaking stuff. So he kind of does take a little backseat when it comes to defense. Mm-hmm. When he puts effort, you're going to get like the 2016 block. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, now that's defensive effort right there. Oh, yeah. But okay, I digress. Go back, back to your point. Yeah, so the naturalness of, of a center, in my opinion, is about two statistics. Yeah. All right. The two most important statistics of a center slash power forward. I I, I, I interchange them because power forward, a really good power forward can replace a center Mm -hmm. and a really good center can overtake a power forward. 
He did. Yeah. So it's rebounds and field goal percentages. All right. Now, rebounds make sense, right? They're yes. the biggest oh. player on the court. They're the tallest player on the court. Mm. The team depends on them to get the ball after it hits the iron, right? An average, and yes, that's an average. Hear me out. An average center power forward should be getting at least 10 rebounds. If you're not getting 10 rebounds, I don't know what the hell you're doing. Let's be no, honest. No, I agree. Here. I agree. Right? I agree. Um, no question. You have to be the powerhouse inside the paint to take your counter- to take your counterpart and box them out, and give your team the rebound. And that that calls on both offense re- offensive rebounds and defensive rebounds. Yes, like it's exactly. I- on on defense, you're either grabbing the ball and passing it to your point, or on on offense, you're ga- you're grabbing the ball and putting it back in. That's mm-hmm. your job as a center, mm-hmm. right? Field goal percentages is something else because most shooters and po- and point guards and one or two guards they average around 40 45% 48% yeah. if they're really good like Stephen mm. Curry is the only player that can do 49 49 45 and 90 i think 49% field goal percentage 45% three point percentage and 90% um free throw percentage just a great shooter yeah just, just, uh, just a great I mean, all, 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 all glory to him, right? Uh, yeah. But great centers, right, uh, and power forwards are above that average, around fifty to fifty-two percent. That makes sense yeah. because the rim is right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a hit or miss, bro. There you go. <laughs> so, like, the, take for example, David Robinson, Robinson from the from mm-hmm. San Antonio Spurs. He averaged fifty-one point eight percent. Yeah. On his career. Yeah. While dominant centers, and I'm talking like Shaquille O'Neal dominant. Elite. Extremely efficient, getting 58.2% in his career. So we have a threshold here for when it comes to a center being a great center. He has a, a really good and efficient field goal percentage. Wait, right? sorry. 58.2%. That's his field goal percentage. That's free throw percentage, right? Just making sure. Oh, no. His, his free throw is a... <laughs> Under fifty, oh, which gosh, is yeah. awful. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's because they stay in the most efficient spot on the court, right? The paint. Of that's course, their job as a center, yeah. they need to grab rebound and take the easy two points. I've already mentioned this, right? And stretch centers are a thing. Embiid, Cat, like Carl Anthony Towns, I I consider him a stretch center. Mm. AD is definitely a stretch center. He doesn't play center. I think he plays power forward, but he's he his wings. He basically his play style yeah. is such a center. So he he prefers to play power forward. Actually, yeah. Um, it's actually his favorite position. Yeah. But he he's basically slot into center. It's not his favorite, but mm. he he does it. But you see him play. He is kind of a stretch four in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. No, not just that too. He's he's a slasher. Right, like, oh yeah. What I mean by what I mean by slasher, and for those players who, for those people who are listening who play two K, slasher is someone who is like has a ball, and and you can drive and and dominate the paint, like literally in three dribbles. That's what a slasher yeah. is. Yeah, and that's AD, and that gives that's him it. some leverage, especially when it comes to getting an offensive rebound and getting the putback. So he's he's flexible that way, and I can even argue that Aldridge is a stretch center, but the necessity of having pure centers in the league is extinct. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Positionless basketball is here. 
it's a powerful position that in my opinion would be the biggest game changer in the game of a small of small ball right so mm-hmm. i want you to think majority of the teams nowadays have a very small team yeah have a very small five um five position by five mm-hmm. position i mean center and by by small i mean like they're either lanky and tall or mm-hmm. they're tall like that's it there's mm-hmm. no there's no shack esque player anymore right? oh gosh Maybe, no like, like the closest thing to him would be in my opinion aldridge He's a big, bu- he's a bulky man. He's a tall, bulky man, and maybe even Bolden. But Bolden, like I said, how about uh, DeAndre Jordan? Uh that's. I don't think I... DeAndre Jordan can count because he doesn't have the offensive skill. Exactly, he doesn't. He he's more of a rebounder, which all to him. And right? the, and and defensive as well. Oh. To be honest, uh, looking just to interject quickly, just looking at some no, Shaq no. highlights and watching some old Lakers games. Yeah. Um, Shaq had such a soft touch around the rim. It was actually so, it was so surprising. Like he he had so much finesse um, to score. And that's why you see that 58.2% because he had that offensive rhythm, that offensive skill that, you know, you don't see in a lot of centers. Exactly. No, for sure. For sure. A hundred percent. Right. So you look at the small ball era, which we're in, you throw in a wrench in there of some big man who will dominate the paint. Where's mm-hmm. the small ball gonna? Where are they gonna get their rebounds? They're gonna have mm-hmm. to rely on someone tall and lanky, or just someone who's tall but can't get rebounds against a, a big and tall guy like Aldridge. That's that's a tough that's a tough battle. And mind you, the reason why the like one of the biggest proofs to this entire essay that I've I've written over this 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 podcast is the 2013 NBA Finals, right? Popovich was trying to counter. Um, Eric Spolstra with a small ball team. He took out Tim Tim Duncan, and I understand Tim, mm-hmm. Tim Duncan. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I understand Tim Duncan was was hella tired, right? Man, man was old at that point, right? Yeah, respectable, yeah. right? Mad props to him. But they played small ball because they tried to counter um, the Heat's small ball uh, style, right? They were like Spolstra was definitely playing around with the idea of having a small ball team. Who did Spolstra put in? Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh. The Miami Heat were down by three points. LeBron takes an awful three, by the way. Yeah. It was, oh, yeah. It was like watching it again, it, it was a really bad three. It was such a forced three. Again, it was. Which, which, you know, made sense. They were down by three. They had so many seconds left. They only had so many seconds left in the quarter. So he yeah. had to throw something out, right? Ball doesn't go in. And who was there to get the rebound? Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh. Gives it to Allen. Allen takes his signature step back and takes a three and ties that game up, which eventually led to that win in game six and forced the game seven for the Miami Heat to win the chip. Mm-hmm. That's a game changer, right? So now consider this. If a team says the Toronto Raptors dominate the paint against an aching Cousins, like you said earlier, Bully ball becomes the name of the game because you get to control the paint. What happens? You force them to take threes. Well, damn. Okay, sure. We'll shoot threes here. Curry, Thompson, <laughs> take your threes. KD, take it. I forget KD. KD, take your threes. Right? But Valanciunas and Ibaka, they're there. And they control mm-hmm. the paint. And 
if they take advantage of Green's continuous offensive drought and force Curry to shoot within the three instead of outside the three line, um, and bully Thompson. And by bully, I mean because Thompson is a catch and shoot player. Oh yeah. If if he takes those paint and if they just close down on that defense, but not let the roll come through. If if there's a pick and roll coming through, Thompson um, uh, takes the hit on the pick, gets that pass. But if they just not let the roll come through and immediately dub, like double team Thompson, that's how you close out Thompson. You bully ball him. Right? Yeah. And you have a shot at beating the Warriors. Now, I didn't consider KD here because yeah, because KD is the wild card yeah, right here. Yeah, KD like even Kobe said himself, he still hasn't figured out how to defend KD. So. That's that's terrifying, but at the same time, we we're bound to figure it out. Right? Yeah. So, no. Yeah. The thing with yeah, thing with KD is the guy is basically seven foot. Um. Yeah. He's actually surprisingly, um, and he knows how to get to that hoop. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's 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 as pure of a shooter as you've ever seen. Basically, just mm-hmm. his shot For sure. is. For sure. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Um, no, that was that again. That was such a. I was glad to see an essay. Um, very thoughtful, very very thoughtful of an essay. Um, you know, I I see what you mean. I share your idea. You know, going back to that. You know, in order to kind of go against the Warriors, you have to completely do something. You're not going to beat the Warriors at their own game, right? That's the critical idea because the Warriors are basically the perfection. Like, there's nothing better than. This idea of small ball of hitting threes, you can't top that. But what you were saying basically is just saying like, in order to counter that, you can't play their game. You got to play your own game, and that's what the Raptors are kind of doing. Um, in with your idea, where it's just like playing through the center, playing that idea of bully ball, basically, right? For sure. And you know what? You know what? It's you know admit it. It's probably the approach I would say that'd be best to go for on this. It's still an uphill battle because it's the Golden State Warriors. But yeah, it's such a it's such an interesting take on the idea of positionless pass basketball. And you know, another thing showing how positionless basketball is because um point guards are rebounding at an extremely high rate nowadays, to be honest. Um a point is getting a fair amount of rebounds now actually um and that's what you that's what kind of indicates to me about yeah this is this is kind of how we're getting to this idea of positionless basketball um even shooting guards right here here this will say too in my opinion the probably the purest shooting guard right now in terms of what you expect a shooting guard to do is probably cj mccall um because that guy is pure um just pure I'm focusing on my scoring because that is what your shooting guard kind of should be doing. Focus on scoring. He should be kind of your best scorer. Of course, Damian Lillard is better, but that's what his focus is on. And he's an important second option there. But, you know, you look at shooting guards now, most shooting guards are actually pretty excellent passers. Um, Bradley Beal being one of them. He's a good passer. Um, But again, it's this idea of positionless basketball and how the game has changed. And I thought to myself, how did this kind of start? Um, LeBron James is good. LeBron James is kind of like a unicorn, though. He's a player that's no one's really... you never really seen the LeBron James before. Um, I think the closest thing to LeBron James back in the day was probably Magic Johnson in terms of passing ability and, like, dominance, physical dominance. Um, but that was a different era, right? Yeah. Um, 
I, I feel like this whole started with um, teams not being greedy, but just saying, like, hey, hey, power forwards, you know, it'd be kind of nice if you start shooting that three, too, right? You know, kind of stretch the floor a little. And um, after that, it just kind of got rolled idea, just saying, like, you know what? Maybe everyone should shoot three. And it's really when Golden State got into it, and everyone's like, oh, my gosh, everyone's got to start shooting threes, or else we're going to be doomed, basically. They hit the panic button, and that's what they went for. Percent. I, I like the I like that analogy of a panic button. That's that's, that's that's very. Like I feel like that's something. <laughs> I feel like that's something that they literally did. Like oh okay here we go. We we gotta we gotta do something we gotta do or something. else we're gonna fall. Yep. We're gonna fall behind. We are absolutely gonna fall behind. Uh, but yeah, no, it's an interesting take. We'll see how Demarcus Cousins do in general. Mm. Uh, playoffs can't come soon enough. I really have high hopes for his Raptors team. I really do. Man, it would it would destroy me if they got out in like some BS second round thing or something like that or something like Kawhi got injured and can't play the playoffs or something. I, I would absolutely hate that to happen. That'd be so disappointing. But you know what? All in all, I'm just excited to see the E being kind of like that, you know, who's going to take the crown basically from LeBron James. That's what's basically going to happen. Um, the West... Who is it? It's Golden State on top, then the Nuggets. Nuggets are fine. Who's in third? Portland? I think so. No, no, no. I think it's Portland. Yeah, and then Houston's fourth, I think. Houston's fourth. Okay, well, that's just James Harden. Portland being third. I feel so bad because everyone's kind of forgotten Portland still, and it's such a terrible thing. Like, this team is third in the West. Like, they are good, but we, people sleep on them. Everyone sleeps on Portland. Yeah. It, is, it is so sad. It is no, so but sad. It, it makes sense because they've... they've choked these past couple of years so hello hello yeah yeah they've choked these past couple of years sorry they have they haven't been really really excellent in the playoffs but yeah we will see we'll see damon lillard such a underappreciated player yeah. um okay no no very interesting very interesting conversation um this is gonna be a little section uh, um i really like the talk we had about the bradley beal sweepstakes as i kind of start calling it um we talked about him going to the raptors but as i understand he's actually a very big trade target right now and oh, yeah. basically for a lot of teams he is a hot commodity right now so this will give you some stats on how good bradley beal is he's almost averaged 30 points per game in his last 10 which is excellent considering the guy is 25 years old 25 um he's passing great and the Wizards are doing better. So the important thing is he's got great personal stats, but his contributions have actually led to um, a winning record for his team. And that's the thing that teams are probably looking at, just saying, like, look at Bradley Beal. Look what he's able to do. So can we bring that to our team? Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to bring this whole idea about, because I do feel Bradley Beal will be traded because John Wall will not go anywhere. His contract is too big, and that injury is too scary. Uh, that thing's gonna be out for a, he's gonna be out for a year with that injury, which is terrifying. Um, uh, but again, who are the biggest suitors? Who are the biggest suitors for Bradley Beal? Um, I'm gonna list them off, and we're just gonna quickly just say I want to see who you think he would actually go to. I want your your complete honest opinion, even if you don't think he'll move. I want to hear if you don't think he'll. Um, first off, the Raptors. We talked about them last. Uh, the Raptors have been on record saying we want an elite shooting guard. And there's not much more elite and as available as Bradley Beal right now. So 
I don't know. The Raptors may be trying to push something here. I know you're not a fan of it, but they may be trying to push something here. No. Um, let me let me interject real quick. The Raptors do not need... Oh, God. I don't know who's saying that. Is it, is it Masai? Is he not happy with his current set? Cause... Um, yeah, I will double check that for you. Uh, but yeah, keep going. Because I genuinely think that the Raptors do not need a shooting guard right now. You know what they need? What? They need Kawhi Leonard right now. That's it. Like shooting, like why, why, why do you need a shooting guard? Let's look. Let's look at the lineup, okay? On the most perfect lineup of the Raptors right now, with who they have, let's put in Kawhi. Or sorry, Kyle Lowry's point, okay? Who's their two guard? Who can be their two guard? Tell me. Kawhi Leonard. Let's say let's put Kawhi Leonard as a two guard. Who's their small forward? Pascal Siakam. Yeah. Who's their power forward? Ibaka. Who's their Serge, center? I block Greg Monroe. No. <laughs> well, Valentin. No. Van Vliet. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fred Van Vliet playing center. That's what I call small ball. Um. Yeah. Sorry. Just go back. So the Raptors. So this is the article that I initially actually linked to. So the Raptors have made it known in front office circles that they're interested in adding an elite shooting guard. According to rival executives. Oh, God. According to rival executives, my ass. Just... I, I believe it. I believe it. I Nah, that's that's rumor mill on rumor. That's like the whole thing with AD wanting to move to James, to James, to, to the Lakers, and then like the media trying to wish it into fruition. That's not going to happen. The, okay. the Raptors, intrinsically and logically and statistically, they have a great team right now. They don't have a perfect team. They have a great mm-hmm. team. Do they mm-hmm. need the shooting guard? Okay, let's suppose that they do. Okay, what's that going to help them? How's that going to help them? It's not. Because they already have a very strong shooter in Leonard. And they already have a very solid lineup that they don't need to have a player that's a significant shooter from from the mid from the mid-range, right? I mean, there's a reason why they let go of DeRozan because they needed a more dominant team versus having to rely on two players like Lowry and DeRozan. Mm -hmm. By having a more well-rounded team like this, you have to rely on every player. That's how they win. And you look at the standings, they're second place right now. But they have the best record in the league. Or best number, sorry, the the most wins in the league, sorry. They yeah. don't have the best record, but they have the most wins in the league. It's clear Milwaukee has been fighting at the but yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. They're they're proving to be a good team. Yeah. Not be, not because of one or two players, but because they conglomerately play well together. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. I can speak differently about Leonard and Lowry, but that will come in time. I genuinely think so. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> we need them to work together in they the postseason, yeah. or else we're I agree. toast. I, I agree. Yeah, so I agree. Yeah. Um, I I'm I'm part of the camp where, and uh, this is probably like heresy, um, by most Raptors fans, where I'm like, I I I don't believe this because I I feel like the Raptors should stay packed because like honestly they're doing great, and if it's not broke, you know, why fix it, right? Um. But uh, I am a part of like this kind of like, controversial idea saying if the trade was going to happen, and I don't know if it'll make sense, 
Um, maybe you trade Kyle Lowry. You trade Kyle Lowry, you bring in Bradley Beal, who has consistently shown he's a great shooter, good passer. Promote Fred Van Fleet to that starting lineup and just go from there. And just go from there. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's just a thought I had. I I don't think it'll feasibly be ever happen. Uh, but it was just a weird thought where I'm like, what if that? Happened? But I don't know. That's just my. No, for sure, for sure, hundred percent. Well, you know what? Let's just let's just hope for the best, I guess. I mean, no, let, let's hope because like I do feel badly. It's my opinion. Maybe it's changed, but I feel it in my in my soul. It, it like right here, and I'm pointing to like the bottom of my six pack. I lie, I have no six pack. Um, but yeah, continuing on. Pack. No, what yeah, I'm like, like my gut, you my gut. Other, you missed the other two packs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, so again, this article really good. So I'm really basing my ideas like off this article, but I want us to discuss it. So the Celtics, ton of assets. Maybe Anthony Davis won't happen. How about we just bring in Bradley Beal? Instant promotion at shooting you have kyle uh, you have kyrie irving really crafty player you have bradley beal um then you have um al horford um and then you have uh, jason tatum and then you got a team basically and with that kind of flexible um flexible uh, position with your um small forward which is basically jalen brown or slash gordon hayward essentially i think yeah I think so, yeah. Yeah, so something like that. Um, but again, it sounds like a very yeah, very seductive line. Uh what you you don't think it'll happen? No. I think I think it's I think it's one of the more possible ones. You you think at, so? Like in the lineup of, of the Celtics, like I told you earlier, right? They could either yeah. play five players and then switch out the other five for yeah. the others for the second five. Mm-hmm. Or they could do this. They could drop um, two picks and or sorry, two players and a pick yeah. to to the Wizards. And who could those two players be? Oh, I don't know. Terry Rosier, he wants his own team. Yeah, you know. And I'm sure, I'm sure, given that Wall's going to be gone for the season, Rosier is going to make a name for himself in Washington. So true. So right? true. Very true. Um, very true. Yeah. Who 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 could join him? Either. One uh, I I feel I feel Jalen Brown would be the natural. Jalen Brown. Yeah. Jalen Brown, Brown. Or even or even Marcus Smart. I like Marcus Smart. I think they like Marcus Smart quite a bit too. They like Marcus opinion. Smart too, but other than other than defense, like there's nothing else that he like offensively. He's he's subpar. Like he's average, he is right. So, he is. Um, do the Celtics need defense right now? I don't think so. They have a very strong defender in in um, Jason Tatum. They have a very strong defender in like, surprisingly enough. They have a very strong defender in Kyrie. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, for He's enough. averaging like what, like two steals a game, I think. Two steals. I don't know how his like uh, overall defensive hustle is in terms of like because you know, as much as you'd like to count blocks and steals and and they are a factor when you're looking at a defensive player. It's really about positioning. I feel that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing in your defense. Like yeah, for sure. If, for sure. If if you're playing like dumb defense where you're letting people like blow by you and you're not really doing anything, it doesn't matter how many steals you get in the end to be honest but um but yeah yeah uh i agree i i feel like this is, this is a very possible one i feel like the celtics could pull the trigger especially now that they're what fifth in the east here's the thing too this is really interesting in my opinion also um east standings nba um 
that's very interesting too. Who's biting at their heels right now? The Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets have actually been pretty good lately. Uh, oh, yeah. D'Angelo Russell. They're six. Yeah, and they and they're the same, getting they're, they have the same record as the Lakers right now, which is they do and they do they do and they're sixth. Um, very impressive for the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I if for whatever reason if the Celtics ever slip below the Brooklyn Nets for any reason, and they're not happy where they are right now, they they should and they probably will pull the trigger for some big trade because they want to win now. Because going into the season, they had the expectation that we're just going to coast. Um, to this East Finals because who cares about uh, this Kawhi Leonard coming to Toronto? The Bucks, maybe in a couple years. Pacers, who are they? Whatever. They're thirty-one and fifteen, by the way. Man, they're amazing. Um, Seventy Sixers. Yeah, we thrashed them with like you know, without our best players. Who cares? Now, oh, we're kind of underperforming here, right? Maybe they pull that trigger. Maybe I feel they will pull the trigger. They definitely. Um. Even the Pacers. The Pacers have a shot to... Um, this article outlined trading like Miles Turner and a pick for Bradley Beal, which would be cool, and you basically promote DeMontis Sabonis to a starting position because Sabonis is actually very excellent at center. I don't like it because I like where the Pacers are right now, and there's no reason to, you know, if it's not broke, why fix it, right? Um, but again, here is one of my personal favorite teams. I would love him to go to the Mavericks. You know why? Because the Mavericks, as much as how odd it sounds me saying this, they don't like Dennis Smith Jr. anymore. They really don't. Um, which is weird because he was such a hyped up prospect for them. Um, it's Luka Doncic's team and Dennis Smith Jr. has been forgotten, which is sad. But you know what? I kind of like the idea and I feel like Mark Cuban would go for this because he's he's the guy that likes to win. Why not just go grab Bradley Beal and just accelerate this like... Um, this rebuild because you have Luka Doncic he's going to be your future um and now you bring Bradley Beal with him and you're just going to get this huge store uh scoring threat and you just build from there and you know what it's it's kind of weird but it's a, a personal favorite I don't think it'll happen but it's a personal favorite of mine no I I've been I've been I've been kind of experiment I'm, I'm looking through a couple of teams right now i'm trying to see what would be an interesting I, I like your thoughts though that now that you added the mavericks i completely forgot about the mavericks because um, here's the oh thing. man they're 13 okay yeah continue. <laughs> here's the thing the the grizzlies are have been quoted to consider trading out gasol and conley not a surprise not a surprise it's not a surprise but I want you to look at it like this. Say let's do a three-way trade between okay. the Mavericks, the Wizards, and the Celtics. Okay. Now, I let let's let's lay down the line. Let's lay down the the cards here. Okay. Grizzlies would be offering, um, Conley and Gasol. Okay. Okay. The Celtics would be offering Rosier and Brown mm-hmm. and a draft pick. Yeah. Okay, so that's three. So value-wise, the Celtics are already like winning, which means yes. their their cut needs to go somewhere where they would get about the same, if not better. Mm-hmm. And then you got the Wizards would be giving out Beal. Basically. Yeah. 
just Beal. Let's let's just yeah. Beal. It's really just Beal. So who needs who? Well, if I'm being honest, Rosier can go with. Um, Rosier would go, in my opinion, would go with Conley and Gasol to the Wizards. Mm-hmm. Beal would go to the Mavs. Oh, sorry, did I say the Mavs already? Yes, you said the Mavs. Who, who was who were did I? Who did you I said say? the you said Celtics, Wizards, uh, and Grizzlies. Oh, okay. I meant four way trade. My fault. Okay. Wow. Ooh, we're getting we're getting okay, next. Let me, let me write this down because I feel like. Okay, so the Mavs, the Mavs would trade Dennis Smith Jr. Okay. Okay. Dennis Smith Jr. And I think they have like a, a third or a second round draft pick. They, they got some picks. Okay. Stock. Let's say, let's I, I think they, Dennis I Smith Jr. and some money. Okay. Sure. Um, the Wizards would just give out Beal. It's just Beal. Really yeah, basically. basically. The Grizz would give out Gasol and Conley. Yes. And the Celtics would give out Rosier. Man, the Celtics have so much assets. It's insane. <laughs> they have three first picks in the round next year, right? They can afford to give away one. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm laughing at it now because now that I realize they, they have... They have an ex- they probably have the highest chance of getting, well, not getting Zion, but if the fact that they have three draft picks, they mm-hmm. have a shot of getting a first round dra- or they have a shot of getting a first draft pick, a very strong chance because they have three, <laughs> so they have they it's, literally have three lottery balls in there. And here's the thing, it, that's why another reason why I feel they're going to trade this because here's the thing, if they bring in three rookies next year. What is that? What is what is this lineup? What is this team? How many players are you gonna have? Like think... these rookies are not gonna see minutes, basically. Oh, well, not just that too, right? Like that's just bad for your league because oh, yeah. because not only are you drafting kids from university or for college, right? You're basically spending money on a year of a kid who might not even be that great. Yeah. Right. So, but anyway, Rosier and Brown. And a pick, okay. Yeah. Okay. Beal will definitely go to the Mavs. Okay. okay. I'd probably even say Gasol would go to the Mavs. Oh, sorry, DJ, you're going to the bench. Yeah, and no, no, but DJ. Oh, Dennis Smith Jr. No, uh, DeAndre Jordan. If you're trading oh, to. Oh, right, I forgot about Jordan. Okay. No, why would you put Jordan over Gasol? Oh no, I. I... I'd rather start Marcus. I've never liked DeAndre Jordan, to be honest. I have been a huge fan. I mean, fair, but why not play them both? So traditional center center guy coming out of nowhere. Okay, so basically, okay, Marcus all power forward who could stretch a bit. Maybe um, Luka Doncic. He is he's a shooting guard or is shooting guard right? Yeah, he's a shooting guard. Yeah. He's a shooting guard, yeah. He'll play power forward. He can play. Not power forward, small. Oh, we always small forward. Yeah, okay, okay, forward. Um, But yeah. Yeah, Um, so so, so definitely the Mavs are already, they already have a a good set deal. They have Beal, they have Gasol. Dennis Smith Jr. would probably go to the Wiz. Because, like, Mavs are like, okay, whatever. We don't, like, Dennis Smith Jr. isn't that that great of a a talent. But I think that's something he might need. And I point back to um, Russell. 
D'Angelo Russell, where Magic saw nothing in Russell. He didn't see any leadership. Look at him now. So I, I'd probably say, okay, Dennis Smith Jr., here, go to the Wiz. But Rosier goes to the Wiz with DSJ. Right? Mm-hmm. Brown. The pick would go with the the pick would go to the Grizz. They'll have to go to the Wizards. No, no, the Grizz. To, oh, the Grizz, sorry, to the Grizz. Yeah, the Grizz. The Grizzlies have to get something out of this. Yeah, yeah. So, the Grizz can even take Brown. Yeah. Yeah, Rosier will go to. The, so at the end of it, the Wizards would have Rosier and DSJ. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's Rosier and DSJ. The Mavs would get Gasol. And deal, mm-hmm. which I think is an amazing deal. Great deal. Because Crazy. now you, you look at their five. They have Luca. They have who? JJ Barea, I think, as their point. I don't know He's basically the point guard. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you got Gasol as your center. Um, yes, Gasol is not DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan should play power. Actually, no. Oh, that's a tough one. Because DeAndre is a more DeAndre. yeah, DeAndre is a better center, but Gasol is very very good offensively because he can shoot wide. He can. He yeah. he'll probably slot into that power forward in your situation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Mavs are already winning here. I realize that the Celtics great team. Get, the Celtics didn't get anything in this four way trade. <laughs> but you know what? They're fine. <laughs> They're fine. They just they just decided to give away. Here you go guys. Go, go away, go away. No, 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 All right. no, the money. Wait, we forgot the Mavs have money. The money goes to something. Okay, they get more money, sure. Like, great. We need Make this me... money. What one of the one of those valuable franchises in the NBA we have we have some chump change. Great. What a great trade. You're a genius. I want, you to, I want you to call Brad Pitt and tell him to make a movie about me. <laughs> call me Moneyball too. Money. Uh, the story about the story about the story about a young man blows the worst trade for a team possible. The worst Get trade this. statistically, but one of the greatest trades of all time. Now get this. We're gonna make the Mavericks an excellent team. <laughs> what are we gonna get in return, sir? Money. No <laughs> We're gonna get a new vending machine, boys! A new vending oh, yeah. machine. Right there, that's that's all they're looking for. That's all they're looking. For. Um, we're gonna subsidize Tom Brady's uh, tickets coming in, basically. Um, in watching the Celtics play. No, that's it. That's exactly it. They were like, "Yo, we need some money for the Super Bowl." <laughs> uh, <laughs> quick interjection. Quick interjection. Please. Sorry. Please. Sorry. Sorry. That was, that was ridiculous. That was hilarious. I love that trade. I love how. We- Actually, no, hold like, on, hold on, hold on. Conley wasn't traded. <laughs> Conley oh, okay, so Conley goes to the team with Kyrie Irving. Great. I like it. <laughs> I like it. You know what? The Conley Celtics should just trade away Kyrie. The way should do. They can buy Conley. Um, yeah. No, that's... God, that was funny. That was funny. I still love you. I still love you. Um, did you watch any football? I know this is dirt to basketball, but did you watch any of the they were pretty great. Yes, I watched. I I was able to catch both overtime. I didn't watch the entire game, uh, but I watched. No, no me too. I was basically the same. I was basically yeah. The same. Um, what's funny is that uh, I think Drake posted a story on, on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he posted yeah. all. No, no, no. But what's funny is that 
like the top two were on his top left. The yeah. winning two. And the bottom uh-huh. two were the ones that lost. Exactly. So who's in the bottom two of the So I, I looked at this. So the order would basically indicate that the Rams won the Super Bowl. If the Rams win the Super Bowl, then it's the Drake curse or like the Drake power, I would say, because teams will be clamoring for him to like, you know, just make that lineup. <laughs> make him line up, make him line up the, the, the Raptors at the top left and the Warriors. I yes, to put the know. Raptors. Yes, Drake's a Raptors fan. If it works, he's going to do it. Trust me, Drake oh, yeah. will do it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, now. That was really interesting. That was way more humorous than I thought. Bradley Beal sweepstakes. It's really interesting. Um, I feel like some big trades will happen. I want to see some big trades. Come on, let's see some action going. Right? I'm a I'm a I'm a fickle fan. I need to see stuff. Oh yeah, okay. for sure. For sure. Okay. Um, so a bit of nerd stuff. Let's go into nerds before we hit into point play. Um, Spider-Man trailer. Have you seen it? Yes. Yes. It's so good. Uh, no, um, uh, you know just, what? There's so much. Anyway, yeah. Um, so I, being a terrible podcast host, have not watched it as of yet. But this is why we're having the opportunity of me watching it live and reacting, oh, and reacting. to it. Let's yes, it. yes, yes, folks. On our thirteenth, on our thirteenth episode, we're getting this desperate that we're doing reactions without video. Amazing content, right? Amazing if you're watching, better watch out. Oh my gosh. Watch out, T-Series. Oh, true. <laughs> T-Series. I love T-Series because, like, I, I know it. It's an Indian. It's an Indian one, and I know I know how they get their followers. I know. Oh, wow. You're part, yeah. of, you're part of the problem. <laughs> I'm part of the T-Series. I am basically T-Series. You are um, T-Series. Okay, the I'm Rahul watching series. it right now. The Rahul Series. I'm watching it right now. Okay, go. I forget, by the way. I forget that this is a Sony entity. Oh, man. Aunt May is so attractive. I... My God, I forgot about how hot she was, actually. It's... Don't use the word hot. She's attractive. I'm saying hot, man. Alright. No, not not to offend, but rather just... she's Fair enough, fair enough. Very attractive. Very attractive. She's like only in her fifties. Mm. Let me look up her Insta real quick. <laughs> I'm not hearing any reactions here, man. We're we're getting zero silent. We're getting silence from. Yes. Like, Actually, I should shut up because you know. No, 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 no! Keep going, keep going. Keep... I like your commentary. All right, so he's up to this point where he's probably. Gosh, they're in Venice. There's a couple. There's a bunch of Easter eggs here. Yeah, yeah, there probably is. Oh no! Okay, that scene that is my kid. favorite, and I'll explain to you why. Oh my gosh! It's the guy from the M Night Shyamalan movie. <gasps> oh wait, no, that's not for. No, it is. It's that guy from the M Night Shyamalan uh, movie. Um, Glass, Mr. Glass, Doctor Glass. Mr. <laughs> Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Giving you a, a a live update, the Thunder. Um, I think they won. 
Oh, they won? Westbrook got 29 points, 10 rebounds. Your boy PG got 36 points and 8 rebounds and 5 steals. <laughs> Highlight, 5 steals. Oh, George is... DPOI. Jake Gyllenhaal? What? Nobody... You didn't know about this? Oh, he's... Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. He's playing uh, Mysterio. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Outfit. Look at that Mysterio outfit. Fishbowl. Fishbowl boy. And that song. Da, 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 yeah. Da, da, da. <laughs> okay, that was interesting. That was interesting. Yeah. It looks fun. It looks... It looks very fun. Um, I will watch Homecoming. I'm telling you this. I will watch Homecoming. I feel like an awful person. They hear good things about Homecoming. See, see, see you know the, the thing. We, my friend, were talking about it just last night. You don't need to watch Homecoming. Really? It's it's very much a watered down origin story, but it's not an origin story in the sense that it's like, oh, my name is Peter Parker, like from like like uh the Spider Verse, but it's more of just. Here's Spider-Man. We're gonna put him in the MCU. That's it. Nothing, Basically, nothing insane but, happens in, in in Homecoming. Sure, I I understand in terms of canon, but it's just more so saying like, oh, I hear it's a good movie. Basically, yeah, 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 like, yeah. For, yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah. if we're talking just like to understand the timeline from yeah, from no. Iron I, Man one to Endgame, there's not much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just found it interesting with uh, the whole Aunt May thing, where basically it's so funny because, like, basically as is, because there's three Spider-Man series, there's like the original Tobey Maguire, and there's Andrew Garfield, and now there's this one. And it's so funny because in terms of attractiveness, in every one of those iterations, Aunt May gets less attractive, and it's just it's just really it's just it's fascinating actually. Hold on, what? <laughs> I mean. What? What? Wait, 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 what? You know what wait, man? are you telling me are you telling me that Aunt May and the Tobey Maguire was not a smoke show to you? My gosh, what a woman. What a woman. Okay. I'm looking at the poster right now in my room. In your room? Hold on, what? In my room. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Aunt Bay more like it. I'm so sorry, everyone. I'm so bad. Oh, man. <gasps> she is very attractive. Like No, okay. It, it, to get all back to reality, every basically movie is just like, this one, she's literally just like, she's like, yeah, she's, yeah. Okay, fair enough. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining, you know? No, yeah, for sure, for sure. It it, it kind of fits with the younger Spider Man too. I, I'm, it I'm, does, I'm, it does. I'm, yeah, it plays fine. Uh, I'll I'll be honest. So yeah, sure, it looks fun. I want to watch Homecoming. I hear good things. Uh, I don't know. Is Homecoming like? Is it like a? Sorry, a uh, Far From Home. Is it like a comic? Is it like a comic book thing or no? Is this a completely original? Um. So from no, it's it's a spin off. Uh, not a spin off. It's inspired by a couple of, um. Co- so there was one. There was one, uh, boat in the in that scene that said ASM twelve. 
uh-huh. which directly looks at which directly points to Am- Amazing Spider-Man issue number twelve, where they introduced Sandman. Or sorry, Serial? Mm-hmm. Or uh, no, Water oh, Waterman? Aquaman. Hydro Man. Hydro Man. Sorry, Hydro Man. Wait, wait. There's a Hydro Man. There's a hyd- the water monster in this thing. Oh, I thought that was just like something like uh, Ray Mysterio was using. Ray Mysterio. <laughs> Ray Mysterio. No, but no, yeah, that's another theory that it could just have been. It could have just been because the very first time the Mysterio popped up in Amazing Spider-Man the comics, he was mm-hmm. trying to look like a superhero because okay. he is a special effects artist. Mm-hmm. Now, um. The reason why it's interesting because there are four elements there. So there, there's also a chance that it might be the elementals that are that are the bad guys here too. So the elementals okay. are the water uh, hydro man, um, mag- magnum for fire or something or fire for fire. Air. Uh, no, water. yeah, for sure. There's there's the goddess of air. I forget her name. All nations live peacefully. Yeah, this is basically Avatar. then the fire. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like all uh, words, the, like, yo, M. Night Shyamalan. What's the name of the Avatar movie by M. Night Shyamalan? M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan. It's in the MCU, man. Everything's in the MCU. Everything. Everything's in the MCU. That's a plot twist. <laughs> That's a plot twist. Everything is in the MCU. Star Wars, <laughs> MCU. Basically, basically. Um, what are your thoughts on the trailer? Uh, so my thoughts immediately uh, at first i'm like oh my gosh wait i kind of knew the premise i'm like he's going to europe that seems so gimmicky like that seems like such a desperate ploy I'm like you know what this series has actually been for a while maybe this is refreshing actually maybe it's time to get spider-man out of new york an interesting take it was a short teaser um i i think i will like uh homecoming when i watch it um i like i like him as spider-man he seems like you know, he seems like a little innocent kid. Like, you know, he seemed very Spider-Man-y. Very much like what Into the Spider-Verse kind of show. Um, with kind of like Miles. Like, he's just a kid, right? That's the whole point to it. Um, so, yeah. You know, it, it looks interesting. And you know what? I Honestly, like, it'll probably be a good movie. Marvel knows how to make it simpler, right? They just know. They know what they're doing. Um, can, I, can you answer your question? Because I'm confused on this. In terms of continuity and time period... Would this be before, or after uh, Avengers: uh, Infinity War? It's minutes after Endgame. Wait, sorry, what? It's minutes after Endgame. Um, Endgame? Oh, so they're not. So wait, is that confirmed that it's like after Endgame? According, okay, according to, according to the sources. Or sorry, according to an executive. I'm sorry. According to the Sony executive that is taking the helm of this movie. I forget her name. She said that this is minutes after Endgame. Now. Okay, so they don't even care about, like, yes, this kind of spoils saying Spider-Man comes back and basically everyone will come back, basically. No, no. Well, yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? They've announced this even before Endgame and Infinity War. Yeah. So it was kind of it was kind of a given that yeah we'll see Spider Man, but it still it still hurts to watch Spider Man die. We know he's yeah. Well, well, we know we'll, we'll we know he'll come back. We just don't know how and mm-hmm. in, in what way. Now, um, I want you to consider this because me and my friend have been talking about this for weeks, especially after he showed me the trailer. They said that the that this happened minutes after Endgame. 
Hmm. Literally minutes after Endgame. There's a theory coming around. And I don't know if it'll be spoilery for you. Do you want to hear it or no? Tell me it. Okay. There's a theory going around that Endgame and Infinity War is actually a loop movie. Okay. I don't know if you read that one. I haven't. So essentially, uh, um, it's going to be like a thing where the, the like basically in the second movie, Endgame, uh, they'll go back in time and they'll kind of do stuff throughout like the previous Marvel movies, including Infinity War. Is that what you're kind of like going for? No. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Yes, yes. But... Don't, don't spare my feelings. Just go for it. No. Well, no, yes, by means of you're on the right track. There's something on Reddit. They said that when you play Infinity War, you start from the beginning. Of, if you have, let's say, let's say, you know, you have the money and you buy both Blu-rays of, or say, digital copies of Infinity War and the eventual Endgame, right? If you were to just put that in a playlist and put it on a loop, it would work fine. Wait. So basically, so play play Infinity War from the beginning. Right? Okay. From the beginning when Thor got ridiculed by Thor or by Thanos, right? Uh-huh. Play throughout Infinity War and then you and then right after Infinity War play Endgame. Uh-huh. And then play through Endgame and Endgame. Let it loop back to to the beginning of Infinity War. Okay. So that's how the movie's going to like that's the that's the, the that's the theory. That's the rumor. That okay. If you to play both of them simultaneously, the end of Endgame is actually the beginning of Infinity War. Uh. So the way the way I would see it is that the way they would end Endgame is the, the what's it called, the, the extra scene from Ragnarok when, uh, but it would be different. It would be Ragnarok or sorry, it would be Thor bumping into a ship, but it's not Thanos. It's just a random ship that's how i i think they would do it okay okay yeah but so, it wouldn't like, it wouldn't be a direct oh. loop it would just be like oh end game happened all this stuff happened but then at the end of every, at the end of end game we go back to the original timeline where thor is going back to earth with the asgardians uh, the asgardians are fine okay okay so basically infinity war never happened. exactly Okay, okay, I can see that because a a lot of people died, um, and also, essentially, all of Asgard is basically extinct now, um, because of what Thanos did to his ship. I'm like, oh, that feels kind of dark. I guess all of Asgard's done. Like that feels okay. You know what? I can see that because like the I know I know that Endgame's going to be a lot of time travel stuff. It's going to be a lot of time travel stuff. Mm-hmm. So I guess oh, oh wait, there's one more hint I want to give you. Okay, because here's the thing, because like, I could feel like, because it makes sense, because uh, in the beginning of Infinity War, uh, Peter Parker was on like his school bus, right, just going to school, and I feel like that could just fit perfectly, where it's just like, oh, I'm going to go to school, we're going to go for a Europe trip or something like that, too, and then it just exactly. goes loops right into Exactly. Is that I'm, it? I'm glad, no, no, I'm glad you caught it, yeah, exactly, that was exactly it, I was about to say that. Like, they were going on a field trip right when... um. The, the disciples of Thanos or something, mm-hmm. whatever their name. Oh yeah, Thanos. The, yeah. Went to New York, so 
that was that yeah that was exactly it so no no that's you know that's interesting you know what i will give it to them they're very ambitious with what they're doing too that's what i like they make they make a ton of money but you know they're being ambitious what what they're trying to make with these projects right and for like a lot of these marvel movies they have been given that free reign to be creative in those stories and you know what fair enough that's appreciative that's oh yeah for sure for sure Sure. okay well that's interesting that's that is interesting that's very interesting um okay continue on did you get a new phone did i get a new phone yeah because like i this is such a random question um i got an alert because since we use the same like account for instagram whatever my phone will tell me saying like oh a uh, new device has accessed your account, and it's like LG, something like that. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. gosh. No, no, no. I just added a link up. So I've never I've never had my phone link up to our Google account. So oh. I just added that. No, I don't have any. Although, funny enough, I have been looking at phones recently because my, oh, my have contract. You? Yeah, my contract is up. I'm Pixel 3? Cons- Pixel 3? No, I'm, I'm considering no. something. I, see, I thought about it. But I was like, I don't want that notch. Um, okay. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, I I was going to consider just buying out a phone. Oh yeah. Yeah, because I think like it'll make sense versus having me having to go and get a contract. Yeah. So, yeah. What the what phone is you be looking at? I'm just curious. Just give um, me your top phone. Oh, right now the the one I'm looking at is um. Either the OnePlus 6T. Yeah, OnePlus, yeah. Okay. Um, the Poco phone looks interesting, but it's not budging me right now. But the one that's been kind of... I think I would get an S8. Oh, a Galaxy S8? Yeah, an S8. It's it's two years yeah. old at this at this point, so it would be... It's probably a good price, though. Yeah, it's probably... It would be around like the $708 range, $800 range, so... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Um, good luck looking for your phone. Uh, it's a fun time getting a new phone. It's exciting. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have an S7. I like my S7. It's like fun. S7, it's yeah. good. Uh, my cousins have S8, and they like the phone, too. They do. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. the S8 was the bigger jump over the S7, and then the S9 was like, okay, we just want to make a little bit of money this year. Basically. It's basically like, oh, we won our thousand phone take that apple i'm like oh gosh no that's all that's not the point that's not the point no yeah for sure for sure that's fair okay um okay let's get into our three-point play let us get into this three-point play right now okay i will start this off okay mm-hmm. so with anthony davis being injured for about two weeks now his finger uh and the pelican just absolutely languishing in the way um even though they are healthier they have Alfred Payton back uh, perhaps it's time to call this a season a bust and just trade AD because they're not going to get AD out um, and they're, they are not going to make any playoff noise right now. And one? What standing are they? Sorry. They are basically, I think, 12th in the West. 12th in the West. So they're 12th in the West and they are five games behind 6th. That is true. I just want you to consider that they're 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 three games behind eighth. Okay, but is is but do you really see a team being an eight, being a huge playoff contender? 
right now right now well, without I'm AD just, no. I'm just saying in general like any team like to be honest when I look at the seed 8th 6th and 7th I really don't see them as dangerous teams in the playoffs to be honest like they're not going to make that conference finals You're in my opinion. the Spurs aren't a threat right now the Spurs are the exception to the rule. They are always the exception. I take that back. No, no, they're not. They're not the exception to the rule. They're not that great right now. Let's be honest here. They have been better. They have been playing a little bit better, but it's not the. It's not been their greatest year. In com- yeah, in comparison to their last what fifteen games, they've they've significantly like they've only been playing okay. So yes, yeah. but yes, I agree. They are they are the exception to a rule, but right now to an extent. Um. See, the way I see it is that the Pelicans are behind three games behind the Clippers, right? Yes. Can they t- can they knock off the Timberwolves? Absolutely. Man, the Timberwolves got nothing right now. They're, the Timberwolves <laughs> should call it a night. That would be one team. The Kings, Kings are an interesting team. We just played them tonight. I watched a couple of things. They're the fastest team in the league, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Um, buddy healed, buddy healed. Oh, just... man, that game winner was insane. Uh, the Lakers now. The Lakers are extremely top heavy because LeBron plays point. Um, hey. but they get LeBron back, they'll be fifth for sure. They'll be pushing. It. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like they get Lonzo back in a couple of weeks, maybe after the break, and LeBron. Four to six back. weeks. Four to six weeks. So literally right after the break. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. They'll be fine. The Lakers will definitely be in the top five, in my opinion. I I think they'll be in the top five at the end of the season. So okay. the Pelicans don't need to worry about the Wolves or the Kings. The Lakers will definitely bump up. Can they beat the Clippers? The Clippers were first at some point. <laughs> I never. I don't understand how they just went from like the top three. They to the bottom. they've had a bad stretch. We we actually have a three point play to get, that, but we'll get to them. Okay. They have a, they have, they've had a bad stretch. Okay. The Pelicans, I'd say they can go mano y mano with the Clippers. By that I mean it's it, it's either one. So let's let's say let's let's not let's consider the Clippers there. The Jazz, well, the Jazz are have always been like ever since Mitchell, they they will always be a contender. Um, compared to the Pelicans, man, that's tough. Especially when if AD is healthy, I think yeah. the Pelicans can win against. The Jazz. I think Jazz are too small of a team. I think their their play style isn't there yet. I think that they uh. rely too much on Mitchell. I think that mm-hmm. there's there's no um there's no long long term wise they're not looking at it so much because like I get it. They got Corver. They got Ingles. They got uh. Crowder. <laughs> sure, Ingles. Yeah, uh, yes, they have Crowder. They have Crowder. Crowder. They have uh, solid Kyle Corver? Kyle Corver? Yeah, I said Kyle Corver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, so Kyle Corver, Kyle Corver, Ingles, and um, uh, uh, Crowder, and you got Mitchell. So they have a solid talent. Talent-wise, they're great. They're fine. But I'd like to compare them to the Nets that also have a fine talent, but they're doing... I think they're doing about the same, if not better. No, they're doing uh, they're doing no the about the same. Twenty five and twenty two, but the Nets have been a, a more interesting team over the Jazz, in my opinion. As of late, the Nets have been doing very good, very so, good. 
can the Timber can the sorry the Timber can the Pelicans take them off? Maybe, maybe not. So let's say let's say at the end of the season, I personally think the Pelicans can make it by eight, maybe even seven. So I'd say that's for sure. Like, why give up now, man? It's it's, it's only halfway through the season. Why give up? Now? Okay. I don't understand why not. So that, that to me is a brick. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I kind of I, I kind of say brick as well too, but kind of for a different reason. Um, I just kind of focus on the idea of Anthony Davis. It is very rare to get a generational talent like Anthony Davis, oh, yeah. like an MVP contender. Mm-hmm. Um, it is so rare to get a player like that. It's so difficult. And you have them. So rather than just say, time to call this a season, you know, we got tra- to trade AD. I'm sorry. It's how it's going to go rebuild. I say, um, if things aren't going for the Pelicans, that they go trade crazy and they try bringing in something just to fix up this team, someone to change the dynamics, something to really affect this team in a positive way. Because you know what, it worked um, with Demarcus Cousins. They were playing, they were working. Um, Rondo was actually a big part of the Pelicans. Why they were been so good? Because here's the thing: Drew Holiday, he's a good point guard, but he doesn't really play on the ball that well he plays better off the ball and they were hoping alfred payton would be able to facilitate that uh but ever since coming back from his injury he hasn't been very consistent uh consistent i feel go for go trade happy trade i would find it interesting if the pelicans themselves somehow in bradley beal i don't know but you have anthony davis this generational talent give it all give it your all i say give it your all I know it's not the smart thing to do, but with a player like Anthony Davis, you just got to give it your all because you could rebuild, but there's no guarantee you'll be better on the other side. So yeah, this is a brick for me as well. Okay, fair. No, yeah. I, I I like that. I like that mentality. The Moneyball three by Pochamon. You know, so I I definitely think that if they were to trade for, I don't know if they'll win with Beal. That's the thing. Mm. Well, can you really win? Can you really win with anyone when you got this type of? Yeah, that's true. So I guess play play their cards and hope for the best. <laughs> sadly, sadly, <laughs> poor Pelican. Um, I know. I I will read this one because it is kind of outdated at this point. But I will read this one. Okay. So um, so Carmelo Anthony is being shopped around. Um, as of late, we've actually heard that he's been traded to. Um, to the Chicago Bulls for basically a bag of chips, in my opinion, just some cash. Um, hey, wait, friendly <laughs> reminder: the Rockets are zero one without Carmelo Anthony right now. They are zero one without Anthony Davis. That is a fact. Doesn't mean that's a good. It's a good point. Um. Uh. So yeah. So they had apparently a lot of active suitors. Um. So I'm gonna say this. Can he have an impact on the right team? And will he be a factor in the NBA? Uh, I'm going to say this first. So this is this is probably this is probably like a brick in my opinion. Um, Anthony Davis, sorry, Carmelo Anthony, sorry. On the Chicago Bulls, I know you're going to hate hearing this, but like, yeah, Car- Carmelo Anthony on the Bulls. It just shows to me like the Bulls are not going anywhere this season. They are completely tank heavy. There's not they're not gonna get anything out of this. I feel them getting Carmelo Anthony is just gonna be them doing their best to I don't even know what they're gonna do with him, man. Like please 
tell tell me because like one thing goes to mind um let him play some minutes show him off a little kind of show like oh look carmelo anthony still's got it he still has it and maybe like trade him next season for like a pick i don't know or just or just like just like because like oh we have money to spend let's spend it on carmelo anthony maybe he'll be able to teach our young guys something that's all i really can see from this and to me, to be honest, it's kind of signaled that Carmelo Anthony's time is finally, finally winding down in the NBA. He's he's slowly becoming not a factor in the NBA. So this is, again, a brick to me, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I... Oh, man, that's tough. You know what? I agree. But on one condition. Okay. This will be a brick... See, the way I see it is that this could, like, I honestly, like, this is, this is, this is another one of those what-if moments. Mm-hmm. Carmelo could potentially revive his career with the Bulls. That, that's what I'm saying. That was, like, what my thought was. Like, if he could put up some, like, big number. Yeah, no, no, but here's the thing. He could play big number, big numbers, but the way I see it is that Carmelo could either do two things. Either he could play this to be his second to last season or last season. Mm-hmm. Right? His draft his draft class is winding down, except for LeBron. Um, uh, so the way I see it is that Carmelo could play average or even more than average and get his trade stock up by the end of the season. Go now, to Denver, maybe. I don't know. Exactly. Man, you read my mind. <laughs> no, seriously, I was thinking that I was like, you could play your cards if you play your cards right, and you know, don't get in any trouble. Don't get into any trouble with the current coach that you have in 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 the Bulls, and you know, if if the if the Denver Nuggets are shopping around next year, if they have the cap space for it, I don't see why not. I don't see why I give him that one last year of who who knows they might win a chip. Because the the Denver Nuggets are here, and they are here for a long time. I mm. I think that they are, in my honest opinion, uh, maybe okay, maybe maybe the Thunder would be the next best thing to the Nuggets. <laughs> the Rockets the Rockets are not up there no. the Warriors. No way. Well, given their lineup and given the fact that they're they're never healthy. The Rockets have no are not a threat to the Warriors. I think the only yeah. threat to the Warriors right now are the in the in the West, are the Nuggets and the Thunder. That's it. I I, I agree with you. I honestly do agree with you. So, if you put if you put Carmelo Anthony in a very, um, threatening and very strong Denver Nuggets, you don't have to play him so much. Just play him enough that he gets you get your money's worth out of him. Mm. If he can just average ten ten and or ten points and five assists or five rebounds. That's I call that a good career ender and give him like, like I said, it might be tough, but if they can win a chip that year, I don't see why not. They mm-hmm. have to play the defending champions, Toronto Raptors, at that point. But you know, it, it's gonna be a tough. You know, it is what it is, right? So, mm-hmm. keyword reigning champions, Toronto Raptors. <laughs> Toronto Raptors. I like that. I like that. Okay. No, that's fair. That is fair. Um, okay, I will say this another one because it is also updated. This is the curse 
So try to be yes, because the Clippers, because uh, like look at the position they're in and what position they're actually in right now. So I guess that is like that's the curse of uh, being prepared. I guess, but uh, yes. So the Clippers are uh, eighth in the West. Earlier they were, in, um, they've had an awful losing stretch. To be perfectly honest, uh, far from their very hot start. Uh, their strong start is over. It's time to accept that they're not a playoff team and begin the long but rewarding process of tanking and one they're are they really tanking can we be real here I, I'm, I'm saying should they start pushing the t- oh, should they, they say should they start no no that's a, I, mm. should they start, should they try clinging to this like this like seventh see, eighth seed oh man it's tough because Tanking in the NBA now, it's so it's so frustrating. <laughs> it is. It is because it's, it is, it's, not it is. For, it's not good for the league if you're going to... Like the other night, I think, was the other night. The Bulls played the Cavs, I think. That was <laughs> Who could lose harder? <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, be honest here. When you're trying to fight for Zion Williamson, just throw the ball. That's it. <laughs> and play the next offense. Or play the next defense. Or whatever. But um, it's hard to tank, especially nowadays. I think there's a new rule um, regarding the lo- the draft lottery, so it, it makes it even harder. It's 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 a lot of luck and a lot of skill and a lot of a lot of money ball, man. So um, if they listen to this podcast, maybe they can do something about it. But um, <laughs> the Clippers, I don't. You hear that, Owen Wilson? That makes it's a bad <laughs> yeah. reference. Man, only once would play a good version of myself. I, I oh, wow. oh wow! Wait, are you saying nerds and nerds basketball in the movie? You'd be played by Owen Wilson. Yeah, I just, I just yeah, imagine. Jake <laughs> Jake. Okay, I'm not complaining that if if I'm played by Jake Gyllenhaal, any would be so funny because like it'd be Owen Wilson playing this young adult Filipino boy, just saying like him crying. <laughs> His mom will be like a Filipino lady. He would be like, "Mom, I'm recording here." Jeez, I'm recording here, mom. Wow. Wow. Okay, whatever, whatever, whatever. Go back to what you're saying. The Clippers should not tank. Um, they should try to keep up with the eighth place. Honestly, like, and and this is a true testament to who they are as a team because these past couple of years have not been good to them. They lost. Paul, they lost. Oh, they didn't lose. They, they gave up Griffin and mm-hmm. they traded DeAndre. So, it's just a matter of you know what? Let's just play our cards to see where we are and let's like if we make eighth place, then let's push for a, let's go for a playoff push. If mm-hmm. not, then we did fine. Let's move on to the next. Yeah, they're, they're, they're that kind of team. I like to think. Fair so. enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I say. You sort of have convinced me in a bit. You know what? Sure, I, I I will say a bit of a break. It's easy just to say let's tank up, let's go, um, let's like get rid of this. But I'm looking at this roster. I'm like this roster. It's too good. Tobias Harris is too good, and what they have going on, it's too good to be a tank team. Basically, um, they're gonna keep fighting. And you know what? I feel that the Clippers. I really do feel that they think they have a really good shot against Kawhi Leonard. Um, and it's important that they can show that they have a team, at least to Kawhi. It's just showing like, 
yeah, we compete. We got some talent. We have Tobias Harris. We have Gallinaro, Gallinari. We have uh, Gilligas Alexander. We have a team to work with right here. Kawhi, you should come here. If Kawhi does leave Toronto, um, I don't know. But yeah. You know, I, 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 you know, you have changed my mind. I will say, you know, keep competing. Keep competing. Uh, the Clippers are where I think they would have been um, after the strong start. I'm saying, like, sure, they show me that they have a bit more. I underestimated them, but they are not going to be top five. They are. They will not be top five, top six. This is where this is where they will be. Because looking at the standings, the Lakers they're going to shoot up. The Lakers will go up, and that's just going to displace people below, basically. And the Clippers are going to be in a tough spot, but we we will see. We. Okay. 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 Um, so next we're gonna be our player of the week, and um, I'll start. Do it. Uh, Bradley Beal. Um, you know, past ten games, thirty points per game, really putting this Wizards team on his back. Really impressive stuff, in my opinion. But Bradley Beal, shout out, great job. Um, but honestly, shout out to in terms of if we're looking at like you know pure idea of player of the week, objectively, Harden back to back fifties. Man, can I tell you a really funny stat? In four games, do you know how many points James Harden scored? In four games, he scored 200 points in four games. So you know what that averages out to? 50, point 50 points per game for four games. That's he has been he's been excellent. Offensively, he is one of the greatest things the NBA has ever seen. It is amazing. 20 straight 30-point-plus games. That's, that's, that's fantastic. Um, but again, to show how subjective this idea and free form this idea of player of the week is, here is CJ's player of the week. <laughs> <laughs> My player of the week, ladies and gentlemen, is Scottie Pippen. <laughs> what? Scottie still plays basketball? No, he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah of course he plays. <laughs> yeah, you didn't see him. He plays something. He plays on one of the greatest teams of all time, the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> and like the subpar team, the ninety six Bulls. Now, <laughs> hey, that was blasphemy. I am sorry. Last yeah, you thoughts. you said. Oh no! Tomorrow I'm gonna get injured on the court. All your pairs of Jordans will like spontaneously combust right now. Every Jordan's just basically, gone. Basically, but yeah, <laughs> Scotty Pippen. Only we. I'll just give you the reason. He 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 made a video on YouTube with uh, Tracy McGrady on how to defend Harden. <laughs> and it goes to show how defensively minded this guy is. And I'm talking <laughs> like not just not just from a perspective of this guy like Scottie Pippen was when he played defense, he played defense. He played aggressive covered the covered not even covered the paint, covered the whole freaking court defense. Right, and he played with the mentality of active defense because a lot of players and uh, a lot of a lot of current players are more on reactive defense, where they their defense is reactive to the action of the offense, whereas mm-hmm. Scottie Pippen directs the offense. So it's a directive mm-hmm. or active defense where he's like, no, you're going to play under my rules and you're going to play your offense. You're going to take your shots. Go ahead, take your shots. You're going to take your layups. Please be my guest. But you're going to go where I want you to go and you're going to do where how I want you to do it. Mm. That's the kind of defense that Scottie Pippen has. Now, he applied that knowledge and he applied that that charisma of his in, on the defensive end against Harden. 
and it was just amazing. He made this video, I think it was on The Jump, it's an ESPN show, and it's just, like, the way I saw his mind go from, like, well, you first you gotta, you know, you gotta remember that he's a lefty. Well, well yeah, for sure. What do you do? You force him right. Okay, so he gets the layups. Yeah, but if you force him right, getting him layups, you're gonna want to rely on your center or on your power forward to hold down that part of the paint. Would they get mm-hmm. fouled? Sure, but it's at least it's not you. <laughs> that's, what I'm like, that is, that's so true. But that's the thing, right? If you if you're a great if you're a good defender and you force him right, it might go to the power forward. If you're a great defender and you force him right, there might not even be a call on that. Like it mm. might, he might have to force it to pass or shot. Right? Mm. Disrupt him enough to the point where he can't even think of taking a shot or taking a step back. I like mm. the I like the way he said it. Like guard him from the parking lot, and by parking lot he meant like be me- like you, you can go both ways. You can either say like by guarding him from the parking lot he meant like start already from the baseline when they inbound the ball. Hmm. He he could have meant that, or he could have meant, you know, when he's parking his car at the stadium, I want you to look him straight in the eye and just fall and literally defend him into the locker room. <laughs> you can't pass, you can't get past me. You yeah. can't get past me. Yeah. So like you were meant like he could have meant it that way. He could have been like get in his head to the point where he can't play offense when you're around. Mm. So mm-hmm. I like that. I really mm-hmm. enjoy that, and uh, we 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 can we can all enjoy the beauty of taking a three or the beauty of dunking. But we we need to remember that basketball is more defensive than it is offensive. Mm-hmm. So so true. Yeah. So so so, so true. Yeah. Player player of the week, Scotty Pippen from Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen. Yeah. Yep. Player of the week, everyone. You heard it for your first hot take, Scotty <laughs> Pippen. Hot take, hot take. Okay, so let's look into some, you know, um, games to watch from this decade. I don't want you to say, <laughs> "Oh man, Game Six, Bulls versus Jazz. That was a game. MJ shot, you know, that." <laughs> no, I don't want to hear that. Okay. Um, games to watch. Just, um, I'll do a quick rundown. Um, Wednesday and Friday. So, Raps played the Pacers and Rockets, respectively. Mm-hmm. Rockets played the Raps on... Um, they played them on Friday. And interestingly, today... Well, technically yesterday at this point. It was the day that Kobe Bryant blessed the Raptors with a historic moment. He dropped 81 points on the Raps. Um, considering how similar of a run that, uh, you know, James Harden is having as a Kobe run... Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe James Harden drops 81 on the Raps. Highly unlikely because this is actually good Raptors team compared to that one, which had Jalen Brown. Jalen Rose, my bad. Um, <laughs> Jalen back in. <laughs> oh my gosh, the NBA is a loop. Oh my god, the crowd to realm. Um, yes, continuing on. Um, Bulls and Cavaliers, who can lose harder? <laughs> Already happened. We saw who could lose harder. The Cavs. They have no shit. Um, and this Wednesday, very interesting game. I'm going to watch this because this plays directly into your little essay. Spurs and 76ers, the old versus the new. How will LaMarcus Aldridge handle Joel Embiid and vice versa? Vice versa. I don't know, man. Uh, that's going to be a... F- oh, yeah, that's true. 
Mm, I might mm. not watch that game. That's tonight. You might watch that game, yeah. Okay, I'll give it a watch. Give it a watch. See, I, I'm going to do my best to check that one out too. Because I'm going to come home. Because tomorrow is... Tomorrow basically is kind of like my similarity. Um, it's not as bad, but almost nearly as bad as your 9 to 9. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a good way to like uh, chill out. Mm. Um, but you know what? This is mine. Um, thank you for listening, everyone. One. Thank you for listening. This is um, Posharmone signing off. And this is DJ PJ signing off. You've been listening to Nerds and Basketball.